dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source and you're here for our Futures Part 2 AFL 2023. That's correct, Pez. Last week we locked in some uh, some locks, we had some leans, we left a couple and I'm really excited to get into Part 2. But uh, first we probably need to get uh, into our loser comp. Pez, only seven days. This time next week we'll be watching Carlton versus Richmond in Round 1. Oh, and the, the email will go out where uh, everyone's picks will be there and uh, you'll be able to see, hey, have a look at what everyone's picked and then you start barracking for different teams based on that because uh, the grand prize last year, as we know, was $1,100 and uh, we want to try and make it bigger and better. So we know everyone, all AFL fans, last minute things. So uh, join in, seven days to go. Make sure you don't miss out on this one. Yeah, everything will be going off next week, Pez. Uh, I'll be quickly typing away for those last-minute entries, those people who are getting those tips in last minute, trying to make sure that they get every single little bit of edge that they can. The you know, Facebook Messenger group will be absolutely popping off, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to sit down with a VB, the very best, and uh, enjoy footy and... Uh, yeah, soak it up. So Thursday night start, is it? Thursday night. So we've got a week to go. We've got a big night ahead of us here. And if you haven't already, jump onto our socials. So Twitter at Behind the Bound. We've just made a TikTok source at, at Behind the Bound as well. So make sure you jump on there. You'll see us in action on the video. Uh, Instagram at Behind the Bound and Facebook Behind the Boundary Podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple. You probably already are. I feel very daggy now that I'm on TikTok. Do I have to work out all these little TikTok dances and stuff that all the all the millennials are doing? Look, we, we know we're struggling if we start doing <laughs> these little TikTok dances. One and of it's, these ones. It's our it? mugs on there. But <laughs> actually, if you're not on TikTok and you're against TikTok, like you're saying that some people, you know, oh, that's a little bit for kids. It actually is is pretty good for AFL content. So I've been, you know, scrolling through and just having a look at a couple of AFL things and you just watch a couple of videos, you know, behind the boundary ones are the best. But um we keep going from there. All right, I'll put this out to the punters and get so they can get an exclusive. Over, under, I reckon about 10 and a half. Pez's personal little dances that he's got on his TikTok account. I'll, I'd be going pumping the over. I've seen this guy's moves and he rates himself very highly. Well, <laughs> half time of the footy, what else are you going to do? You've got 20 <laughs> minutes? It's the perfect time. Well, I mean, as a St Kilda fan in the first quarter, you've got not much to be doing, so you'll be dancing along there as well. Well, we will we'll speak about them tonight in our uh, over, under segment, won't we? Here we go, part two for the over-under season wins. We last week covered Adelaide to Hawthorne, and this time we'll cover Melbourne until the end. Starting things off with Melbourne, 16 wins last year, six losses, a percentage of 130.5. Finished the season in second, but of course they went out in straight sets. The over-under for Melbourne this season is 14.5, $1.91 for the over, $1.82 for the under. Yeah, this one this one's a massive lean for me. I, I do like the Melbourne Footy Club and, and what they've done with Grundy, uh, the acquisition of Grundy in the preseason. They they put them together in the the practice match on the weekend. They kick three goals each. They're not uh, going to do that every week. That, though. Th- of course they're not. But uh, Melbourne fans have a reason to get excited. They've you know they lost Luke Jackson over to Fremantle that we spoke about last week, but uh, Grundy comes in and we thought he should have been playing in Collingwood's side at the end of last season. He wasn't. 
and, and Melbourne are set, ready to go. The same line as the Brisbane Lions, so 14.5. They were uh, probably a little bit disappointing, and I think Melbourne are going to you know, really focus to beat up on some of these uh, smaller teams, which is why I'm leaning towards the over 14.5. I think they're a, a really good shot for top four, uh, but there's no lock in there for me at the moment for the Melbourne Footy Club. I'm I'm very similar, Pez. I was very close to locking this one. Um, I, I you know you mentioned the acquisition of Grundy and that one-two punch in the ruck of, of them and Gorn. I guess we're going to be calling them Gorn. We combine the two names. We're going to call them Grundy. Combine the two names or no, you Gondi. Whatever you want, Gondi. <laughs> you, can, you can make up something <laughs> and make it fail. But uh, <laughs> make it fail. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much what I do anyway. But they've got um, they've got a one-two punch all around the ground. You look at their midfield. You've got Petrarca and you've got uh, my mate Clayton Oliver, the redhead. You look coming off the back line. You've got Lockie Hunter now with that nice little uh, quiet acquisition and then Ed Langdon. Uh, they're they're pumped all around the ground. Their defence got stronger. The only problem is questions last year. That we had is are they going to score and last year they were able to score so we know their defense is going to get tighter we're still going to have those questions who's going to kick those goals but you know Grundy being able to go up there and and rest up forward he'll probably take two or three marks a game and then you've got Gorn down there whether he can kick straight's another story he's going to get the old Matthew Pavlich the old uh, Sanderland no one's going to be able to um, outmark him if they are it's going to be a chopping of the arms I really like this one Pez and I'm going to lean towards um, the over because I think it's a really big shot. But uh, I'm expecting a bounce back year from Melbourne. They were really disappointing in the finals, expecting big things from Melbourne uh, in 2023. Yeah, and very good. It is hard, isn't it, for a future to, to lock your money away for a year, which uh, uh, someone said in the, in the comments there, I'm not, not waiting a whole year for, for my money back. So there you go. Yeah, but you are correct. It, it is a long... Like, but, but would you rather lose $20 in round one? Would you rather guarantee, or not guarantee, but have a better shot of walking away with 80? And that's what you've got to weigh up, whether it's well, risk versus reward. And if you're worth, if you, you believe in the bet and you believe in the metrics and the stats and all that other rubbish, well, then why wouldn't you try and up your money? You've got to make sure it's an absolute lock because if you're just leaning towards something, you don't just want to put your money out there for, for naysay because it's sitting there all year for the futures market. But if you think something is is really a genuine chance to happen, you might as well try and uh, make some some profit because any profit is good profit. And Melbourne, Melbourne, I think, as I said, I think it's one of those ones that it's super close to a lean. Like it's 95% a lean. And I might actually wait until like round two or three to, to lock that in. And I'll lose a little bit of money and I'll probably, um, you know, probably the wins will probably be about the same. But their first couple of weeks is tough. They have the doggies first up and then they have Brisbane. So they may go, they may split those. They may go 0-2 and then to lock them in for the over, you get a little bit better price because their fixture is very favourable. They The teams that they play twice pairs, they play Brisbane and Carlton twice, which, you know, top four teams. But they play Hawthorne twice, North Melbourne twice. So there's four wins automatically. There's, yeah, there's four. You only need 11 more. And uh, they're, they're going to be playing against some other bottom-type sides like GWS. You've got uh, some other ones we spoke about last week. So Melbourne, if, if you like them, 14.5. The bookies probably have it have it right there at 14.5 because if it was 13.5, it would probably be a lock. It probably would be. All right, speaking about locks and speaking about teams down the bottom, your favourite team to talk about, Pez, <laughs> North Melbourne. The F is for failure because last year um, probably wasn't a failure. They probably over um, overperformed for, for what their list does uh, with two wins last year and 20 losses. They went on a 16-game losing streak uh, before they beat Richmond uh, in, a, in a cracker of a game and in an underperforming Richmond. They had a percentage of 55.8%. Uh, North Melbourne, the bookies have season wins 
wins at plus six and a half uh, for the over, and obviously six and a half for the under. Dollar ninety four for the over, a dollar eighty for the under. Pez, I hear a lot of people saying, "Well, where are North Melbourne going to find five more wins from next year?" You know, I mean, with Alistair Clarkson coming across, he, he maybe has kept those in his back pocket, or <laughs> and he's bringing across five automatic wins. But I, I don't see where we're getting the the extra five wins from just on their list. Uh, their list didn't get better. Uh, their coaching staff possibly got better, but they had a lot of interruptions that off season. Yeah, uh, they've they've made a lot of mistakes in the last five years for for a club at the bottom and a club actually getting top draft picks. We know the story around Jay, uh, Jason Horn Francis. He's been traded to Port Adelaide. He's been uh, probably mucking up a little bit, and people are talking about him in the media over there already as well. They they brought in players like Tom Lynch, who didn't have an impact. He retired. Josh Walker, they brought him in to prolong his career. Didn't work out. Jared Polek that they bought over. He didn't work out as well as Pittard the year before. <laughs> so there's lots of delistings and there's lots of turnover on a young list, which they don't need to do because they're actually trying to top up to, to try and get into that mid-table. And it just hasn't happened. They've, they've got Griffin Logan from uh, Fremantle. I guess he just wants another, uh, maybe a regular forward gig. And maybe you can throw him down in the forward line there. You've got Darcy Tucker also coming uh, from Fremantle. And Liam Shields coming across with his old mate, uh, Clarko. So to add a little bit of toughness, maybe to show uh, the younger players how to, you know, train like a, an elite premiership sort of sort of team, sort of club. So Clarko's done a lot in the media so far, trying to, you know, save face after the controversy last year. There's been some controversy already this year. And North at the moment, I can't trust anything with with Clarko. People that listen to the show regularly, they would think I'm jumping all over the under. I'm not locking. I'm not wow. even leaning. I'm not even leaning any direction at the moment. So I'm just going to leave this one alone. Let the North fans breathe and see how they go at the start of the year. Oh, I was waiting for some sort of like a little bit of a, a little bit of a late hit or a little bit of a shade thrown towards them, but well restrained there, Pez. So good job for you. I, I like what North did in actually leaning into the rebuild. They saw that they were going to lose uh, Jason Horn francis so they traded him away, and they got two picks in the top 10. So they're, they're on the same um, age bracket. You know, Harry uh, Sheasel, he was impressive on the weekend at pick three, and um, Braden George at pick 26 uh, as well, as well as George Oh Jesus, Wardlaw, right? And uh, you know, I'm names very, are your strong suit. Names are my strong suit, but uh, numbers are where it's at, Piers. And I'm, I'm going to be leaving this one as well. If I was looking to throw a bet down, I reckon actually a, a bet that you could lock in early at the moment, a week out, is North Melbourne for round one. $1.82, they're going to be reading up all the hype with uh, Alistair Clarkson. They're going to be pumped up. They play West Coast in round one, and it's very unlucky. You are going to see, for the first time in a long time, North Melbourne going to into round one expecting to win. They're going to be pumped up by the fan, the fans. It's going to be cracking. Favorites. They're going to go... They are favourites at the moment, yeah, $1.82. Exactly. And that is really good value. That will come in. That definitely will come in because when people start to see West Coast team name, they that'll start to come in probably $1.50. But it is great value at the moment at $1.82. So if we're looking for a bet, that's one. I'm leaving the season wins, but looking ahead to round one. Yeah. Good chat. <laughs> All right, let's get, get on to the, that. You're done talking with uh, North Melbourne. We can't you know, give them any more light. You know that. <laughs> All right, speaking of light at the end of the tunnel, we talk of Port Adelaide last year. They uh, they had a very disappointing year from the year before. They had 10 wins, 12 losses, 110%. They finished on 11th. And uh, the season wins total for next year, the boogies have it about the same. They have them performing at 12.5 pairs, $1.87 for the over. The under, 12.5, $1.87. Will this be a bounce back? And, uh, return to finals for Port Adelaide? Uh, 
with Port Adelaide, you, you're kind of getting sick of the narrative, sick of the Ken Hinckley narrative. He's been there for for a long time. He hasn't been able to you know, take that next step with their players. His players have let him down some seasons. I guess his coaching has let them down in some seasons as well. They've, they've got some strong areas of the ground and they've got some, you know, uh, decent young players like Todd Marshall up forward. But w- when you look across their 23 and, and their strongest 23, you're just not that impressed. And losing a player like Carl Amon, who's running off the wing, you know, gathering 15 to 20 touches a game, putting the ball inside 50... You just don't want that to happen. Robbie Gray was an absolute star, even though he was uh, older at the older end of his career. And Stephen Motlop, when he when he played, didn't he uh, turn it on and always kick a couple of goals? So I think they've lost some some really big talent. Uh, Jason Horn Francis comes in as a as a big you know number one draft pick, but I don't think he's going to have that impact that he needs to have straight away. Uh, what did you say the line was for the season wins here? Uh, the season wins for this one, of course you did it to me. I just tried to be prepared for the next one and I moved across, so you've really thrown me off there. I think it was 12 and a half, so yes, correct, 12 and yeah. a half wins. Yeah, see, 12 and a half, I'm, I, would lean, I would lean the under because I think they're going to drop a little bit more uh, than, than they would otherwise. Uh, they, you know... I just can't see them them gelling together with with a couple of losses and and still the same old message at, at the top. We we always speak about the interstate club source and they've got all these games at home and I'm sure you've delved into their fixture and see who they play twice. So I am interested to to hear that. I'm, I'm just leaving this one alone at the moment. Yeah, the the third toughest um, fixture by my metrics. They play Adelaide twice, which we know whilst they are at the bottom, it's showdown. So it actually you don't actually get that showdown. They get Collingwood twice, Essendon twice, Geelong twice, Richmond twice, and the Doggies twice. Um, Only so one club there you want twice. <laughs> exactly right, and and uh, you know Essendon that uh, is that club, and you know for the other teams Adelaide would be that club, but not in a showdown. We know that they upset them last year early on, and it. Has has been that narrative, Pez, and, and I would be expect next year, uh, sorry, this year, Port Adelaide to have a, a range of different runs. They, they'll probably go on and probably you know lose the first uh, three or four, and then they'll go on a five-game winning streak, and that's about where they are. The bookies have this bang on, leave this one, do not invest any money in it. it, it there's not even any value outside of it. Just stay away from the, the Port Adelaide season win total, Pez. Uh, yeah, you think it can go either way, and you think it's just uh, up in the air at the moment. I think the the bookies have it bang on. Like it's it's right on. Like their fixture isn't favourable. The gather round they play the doggies there in Adelaide. So like it's it's you know they get an extra game at home, but you know two of those games are going to be against the their cross town rivals. So it's just no advantage at all. Stay away from it. Leave your money in the wallet and put it on the next one pairs because I reckon we both are going to be leaning towards or even locking in the next one. We have the Richmond Football Club. Their season win total uh, last year was, and I have it right here, Pez, 13 wins, 8 losses, 1 draw. They finished 7th. Uh, they got into the, the, the finals uh, famously after Carlton absolutely balls it up. They finished 7th. 121.6 was the percentage. Their over win total for next uh, for this year, $13.5, $1.75 is the over. Under, $13.5, $1.99. Talk about the acquisitions because they got better. Oh, <laughs> Richmond got better. So GWS got worse. <laughs> Richmond is a team that did get better. They got Hopper and they got Taranto. So both of them come in, fit into that midfield beautifully. They, You look around, they haven't lost too much. Shane Edwards was probably an important player and Kane Lambert probably a couple of years ago was really important in their best 22. But they've they've gained plenty 
and lost little. If they, whatever they have lost, they've lost the fringe sort of players. And Shane Edwards could have been an X factor, but they've got they've got other players that can do that. Now, Richmond, you've got Jack Rewalt still up forward. You've got Tom Lynch up there. This team is is my pick for, for a bounce-back sort of team. I think this is a top four team. Um, so I'm interested to see the top four odds as well, Source. But this one is an absolute lock for me. Uh, I'm going to lock in the over wins, even though it's a little less priced at $1.75. But the Richmond Footy Club, they're going to be exciting to watch. Their midfield, the way they move the footy, and a, a couple of their players are forward. Shea Bolton is, is one of the best players to watch in the AFL. And, and now you add, you can put him in the midfield if you want. You can put him up forward. You can put him anywhere. And the rotations that they've got in there, if Prestia can stay on the park, if Tom Lynch can stay healthy they're going to have a really good shake, not only at top four, but at a, at a premiership. Yeah, you, you talked about the top four there, Pairs, 225, which is a pretty good odds. Uh, we spoke yeah, last week about Brisbane and the value they had there. They've already come in completely. They're at two bucks now, so that uh, where market changes there, Pairs. Totally agree with everything you're saying. Richmond, uh, they got better. There's so they've you know they've still got a polarizing forward. Their back line's good, and that midfield um, with the inclusion of, of Hopper and Taranto allows Dusty Martin to play forward up, up you know a lot more. Oh, I think the bookies have this wrong, Pez. Uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. Thirteen and a half is is way too low. I've got them probably winning you know, and I've been really conservative. Seventeen wins, and Ooh. I've been very conservative with that. They've got the ninth easiest fixture by my metrics. They play Melbourne twice. Port Adelaide twice, St Kilda twice, Sydney twice, West Coast twice, and the Doggies. And uh, they have such an advantage because those Melbourne teams that are up the top, they play them at the G. So, so yes, it's an away game, but there's a home game for that. They get a, an absolute bonus that they play one of the Sydney games. They're going to play one Sydney game in uh, Victoria, and the other Sydney game in is Adelaide. in Adelaide. Yep. So, like, th- their fixture screams wins. They, they are a very good chance for top four, and uh, I'm definitely locking in the over. Oh, yeah, uh, I absolutely love it. So we both agree there. They're, they're premiership players that they've got on the park. Damien Hardwick in charge, you, you just... Only injury is the only thing that you see uh, stopping that, and it has to be pretty major injuries and multiple of them. Yeah, exactly right. And, and there's, 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 yeah, back them to finish top four, back them at the over, and uh, they're going to get better. They're, they're, they've opened that premiership window ajar a little bit longer, and it's going to align. You know, you know that Jack Rewalt went around one more year, Cochin went around one more year. They believe in this group. There's one more year. The last dance is going to be thrown around heaps. Fairy tale finish for the Tigers and some of those people are, but hopefully not as a uh, Geelong supporter. <laughs> yeah, I was going. I was going to say the fairy tale as well. Joel Selwood just did it, so can a couple of other Richmond boys do it? Uh, speaking of fairy tale, Pez, you will definitely be looking at a fairy tale for uh, St Kilda's season next year. They had, um, do you know what they had last year? They had a bleh season. They literally were middle of the pack. Eleven wins, eleven losses. Their percentage was ninety nine percent. They finished tenth. So the bookies this year, have what is, everyone is looking at them going. I don't really know what this team is. Uh, and they're over-under, 10.5. $1.99 for the over, $1.76 for the under. I'm really interested to hear about your thoughts, Pez, because Ross Lyon has been bought in and to coach this uh, team, and the, the, the word is that they needed to improve their offense, so they went and got Ross Lyon, so great move. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'd hope as a, a third-time head coach that he's going to be able to you know, do something a little bit different, but uh, I'm not... Mad at the coaching change, uh, and I'm not really mad with some of the delistings or retirements, that, or the forced retirements as well, because some players were actually getting 
regular games who weren't AFL standard for the Saints. They haven't brought a, a lot in. They've brought a lot of uh, rookies in a, and a couple of things. They brought St. Cordy in as a free agent who I never rated highly at the Bulldogs anyway. I think one of our biggest losses, one of St. Kilda's biggest losses, will be uh, Paddy Ryder. And I know he wasn't fit every single game last year, but in the past two seasons when he's been fit, uh, well with Rowan Marshall, that one-two punch, the Saints have looked way better than they have. So I think they're going to miss him a little bit. And they're, they're very hard to read. Max King has a, a three-month injury that he's, yeah, he's going to be sitting on the sidelines. There, there's a couple of other uh, injury worries at St Kilda at the start of the season. So uh, you're definitely not looking under. And I know a lot of people would be locking in the, the under 10.5 wins. Uh, I'm not I'm not leaning either way. It's it's the club I go for. I'm not going to you know cheer against them for a whole season and lock in a future <laughs> bet like that. So I'm definitely leaving this one alone, but intrigued to see what you say. What, what do, you, do you think the value is with the over or the under? Like Obviously, you're going to leave it as a, as a better, but like is there value there? Because oh, I can't get a read on this team. They didn't really do anything in terms of their, their moves. Their, their draft pick at number 10, you know, Matthias uh, Philippou, Philippou, he looks pretty good. He looked pretty impressive on the weekend, but he was playing Essendon. You know, like, is he going to get a regular game? You know, Ross Lyon keeps talking about this fast ball movement they're going to be using. I, I mean, Fremantle took a little bit of time to, to get moving when he took over there, but they definitely had a, a better team. I just don't see I, – I, I can't get a read on this team. I really can't. Yeah, and the, the St Kilda's always been the team where you've got a lot of unknown players. So the the players that aren't at the at the front, like Jack Steele's trying to you know get Brownlow votes, a lot of other fans don't really know of players. Like Cam Wilkie's a good example. He, he stepped up to vice captain. He's probably one of the most solid St Kilda players and most, one of the most solid defenders in the league. And eighty percent of AFL fans might not even know who it is. So that's that's the kind of kind of club we're at with St Kilda. I, I can't. Uh, do anything if you have no idea and you can't get a resource there's zero value there's no value either way because the the better value is keep your money in your pocket and, and leave it alone yeah i looked at uh, st kilda to make the eight at 375 and i could talk myself into that but they need to get five or five wins basically over where i have them you know roughly i think they'd be sitting about eight wins and they need to get probably we talked about it last week 13 the, wins it's very hard for them because they've got to be consistent as well they might you know upset a couple of teams but to do that consistently over a month of footy, over five weeks of footy, they just haven't seemed to do it over the past few years. So something's got to change, and I've got to see something change before I think about anything like that. Their, their fixture is kind of favourable. They play Hawthorne twice and North Melbourne twice, so, so there's four wins. You, you hope. You say that they play Essendon, there's a fifth win. You say they play DWS, six wins. West Coast, seven. So you could almost talk yourself into it. But but again, when you're unsure, you don't have to bet for the sake of it. You're leaving it. You know, I was looking for value. I'm trying to find some value in it. There's no value. Leave this one. Um, leave it alone, basically. If you're not sure, just leave it. Yeah, we're happy with that. All right, let's look at the next team, the uh, the runners-up in the, the, the Premiership. And I haven't seen uh, that bad a performance since Meatloaf at the, the, uh, what, the grand final in, was that, oh, was that 11, 2011, that, that uh, grand final. I'm talking about the Sydney Swans, of course, and, you know, you can hear a little bit of a little bit of up in my step because it was a, a bit of a, a bath that Geelong put on. But we're here to talk about Sydney. 16 wins, six losses, a percentage of 127.9. Third uh, in the, the, you know, the AFL uh, end of regular season, runners up in the grand final. Had a great finals run. They really peaked at the right time after a, a disappointing sort of middle spot where we thought that they might drop out of the eight. 
And uh, them finishing top four was so pivotal in them actually progressing because they got a home final. They were able to, you know, over, outlast Collingwood in that uh, prelim. The bookies have them at thirteen and a half, a dollar ninety one for the over, a dollar eighty two for the under. Really interested to hear how they respond. Do they respond like their Sydney counterpart and have a uh, disappointing fall from grace like uh, GWS did after getting thumped by Richmond? Or do they have a bounce back year like uh, Geelong and Hawthorns of, of the past? Isn't, isn't it funny just looking at the line 13 and a half for a team that made the grand final? Because if you make the grand final and you underperform like that, you think back to 2019, GWS got absolutely hammered. And what happened to them? They started going into free fall. People, you know, have superstitions about premiership hangovers and things like that. Josh Kennedy, he had his final chance, final opportunity. He's now retired. They haven't got much in, but they have got Aaron Francis in, who was, uh, I think, a fifth or sixth pick over at Essendon. And I wouldn't usually say, like, I'm expecting him to do big things, but it's because of the club he's gone to source. Remember Ted Richards when he left Essendon? Mm -hmm. Wasn't much. He turned into a, you know, seven, eight-year defender for for Sydney and he was a very important part of their really strong side. So Aaron Francis, he's got a lifeline. He gets to go to Sydney out of the limelight, gets to see if he can be a defender up there and uh, see if John Longmire with his new contract can turn him around. Not enough in it for me. With the the premiership hangover in in the clouds there, there's... No value in it. I think the the bookies have just gone, you know what, we'll try and tempt a few people with the 13 and a half and I think they think that they're going into free fall mode and maybe, you know, bottom half of the eight or even missing. This is a really, really interesting one. I totally agree what you said there. The bookies have put a number very low because they're going to tempt people to say, well, they're the, the, you know, the runners-up last year. This is an easy progression for them. They're young. They had their first experience for a finals, realistically. Their growth is going to be there, but it's not going to be consistent. You know, they had a great run last year, a couple of close games. Their fix just sucks. It <laughs> absolutely sucks, Pez. It is uh, Fremantle twice, Geelong twice, uh, Melbourne twice, Richmond twice, GWS twice, and Gold Coast. And of, you know, like, they... they it just sucks for them and they're a young team they're going to be traveling there's going to be a lot of expectation for them as well which which also makes it really tough so i originally looked at this and went you little ripper and then i went into the metrics and i thought there is no way i mean errol goulding is is going to carry this team a little bit he was amazing on the the weekend with the preseason he had i think 45 and three goals he ain't doing that every week and they're going to rely heavily on their forward line to kick goals and last year a big percentage of that was buddy franklin there's no chance he's playing every single uh, game. And when you've got a bloke who's, you know, did a one-year extension, yes, he's the best goal kicker in the AFL history, you can't be relying on him to be your majority stakeholder in goals. So I'm leaving this one, Pez, and I would warn people not to get tempted by the bookies. Do your research, look at their fixture, don't just look at last year. You can't just sit there and go, oh, they did this last year, so they have to do that again. Look at the lists, look at the improvement, look at the expectation, the fixture, the, you know, again, like who's playing well, do your homework. And if you're unsure, leave it alone. How's this? I saw, um, this wasn't up last week, but on Sportsbet, they've got AFL Futures, bring your own bets. Yep. So people have been going in there and I love looking at the, the really high ones. So it's the 21 plus dollar odd one, Lance Franklin, to kick exactly 23 goals this season. He's paying 31 bucks. That's because he's his number, isn't it? Yeah, but... <laughs> you're going to pick a player to kick exactly some goals. So you want him to kick that amount of goals and then you want him to get injured or you want him to have a really poor season and in the final round you want him to miss the finals and need him to kick two goals to to get that bet up. That's a that's a really silly exotic bet. 
that you know a lot of people seem to do for fun. I'd like to see more of the if you can jump on to like um, Betfair. A really good bet. You talked about them to, to make the eight. I think they, they make the eight. Them to miss the four to lay that at three dollars five. Uh, so a lay bet. You might want to explain this after this because you do it much better than I do. Is good value. So if you could, if you lay them to miss the eight, uh, miss the four, sorry, or find a bookie that's doing Sydney to miss the eight, you get about three bucks pairs, and I think that's better value when you look at their fixture. Miss so the you, four, miss the four. So on the the lay side on Betfair, it yep. says what's the number? three dollars five, three dollars five. So that's if you if you're clicking on that and you want to lay it, you're actually giving someone else the odds for them to actually make it. So you're giving someone three dollar five odds for them to make the top four. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're having the opposite odds of that. So you've got to put your liability out there and do things. Now, a lot of people, even a lot of punters find Betfair really, really complicated with the, with the lay in the back feature. So if you are confused about it, don't just see the price and go all over it because lay is you're saying that something is not going to happen and you're actually the one giving the price out. So just be a little bit careful if, you, if you're unsure. Yeah, look for look for um, I look through sports bet trying to find the the miss the four and miss the eight. They don't have it up anymore because it's getting too close to the season. But there was a lot of value there for memory. But I'm not going to quote um, metrics or sorry numbers. There was a lot of uh, a lot of value there. All right. Speaking of a lot of value, now do I go Western Bulldogs or West Coast? I can never work this out because uh, the West and the West. So I'm going to go with uh, the Western Bulldogs to start things off with. We're going to finish with the Eagles because I think that's where they're going to finish about last. So <laughs> the Western Bulldogs uh, for season 2022, they had 12 wins, 10 losses. They scraped into the eight. Everyone forgets that they scraped into the eight. 108.9. They lost to Fremantle in the second elimination final. The bookies have them at 12 and a half wins. A dollar 91 for the over. A dollar 82 for the under <laughs> the doggies are huh? the doggies every single year uh rory lob comes in traded from freeman also hopefully you know he'll be a, a good thing and liam jones uh he, he's come back yeah well he doesn't need to be vaccinated anymore doesn't so need to be vaccinated so he didn't have to get the jab and he's chosen the, the bulldogs or they've chosen him or you know both ways because he was uh, that's, that's such a good pickup for the for the dogs such a good pickup. just just a defender that you know he's going to try and get a fist in there and and go from there now they have lost Lockie hunter and they have lost just josh dunkley and i think josh dunkley was a really good performer for them last year his uh, ability to overhead mark is that at midfielder he's gone up to the lions so he'll be a bit of a hole for the bulldogs i think they're that mid table sort of side and I just have no idea how many wins they're gonna they're gonna get. They're a side that can go on a bit of a run, and it can be a good run, or it can be a really poor run, and um, they can you know string a couple of losses together, and then it then it ruins your bet. So I, I'm definitely just leaving this one. I'm happy with the amount of uh, futures bets I've got at the moment for the season, and there's no need to force anything. I really like this one. Uh, I think that the addition through subtraction is perfect here. One of the things that we spoke about heaps last year is that they had too many players in that midfield that just took up uh, possessions and meaningful minutes in that midfield when they've got absolute superstars that should be playing in there. On the weekend, you saw Liberatore and Bontepelli go into that midfield a lot more and a lot more consistently. They both both had over 30 possessions. They both had over two goals. And when they're able to play those regular roles, and Josh Dunkley, yes, he's a superstar in terms of getting the pill, but in terms of impact, it doesn't always make the the right stuff when you're going around in circles handballing. Lockie Hunter, much the same. So I think that, that it's actually a decent sort of bet uh, if going for the overpairs. And you'll be surprised at this, but I'm going to leave it. All right? Oh. So I'm going to leave it. But the Western Bulldogs, mainly because of their fixture. 
little bit of an unknown. I think that they sneak into the eight, probably about maybe six, but they have Fremantle twice, Geelong twice, Port Adelaide twice, Richmond twice, GWS and Gold Coast. Now, I think that they, 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 they're going to be good, but I'm not going to put a bet down just on my thoughts in terms of without actually seeing a product. So I need to see a bit of a sample size of what this midfield looks like because I still have questions over their defence and that run-and-gun football, I need to see it in action with this list. So I don't believe in Beveridge as a coach because they've had this same list that's taken them to a premiership that's also missed the eight, that's also missed, you know, missed the top grand four. Final. I don't believe in the coaching staff, and I need to see what sort of game plan they are playing before I back uh, my, um, my money into it. But I do like the over once I see what they can do. And I know that sounds silly, Pez, but I think that the bookies have it low, and if it all works and what I think is going to happen, then it's great value. But if the coaching staff don't implement and you know use what they've got in their their actual midfield and their forwards, then they're going to be in a lot of trouble. New source twenty twenty three, uh, liking a little bit of what the Bulldogs are. No, I don't like the Bulldogs. Just be clear about I, that. I didn't say that. I said liking a little bit of what the Bulldogs are showing. I think I think that they have a lot of potential, but but it, you can't back on potential, Pez. I mean that sounds silly, but again with a future bet, you, you really need to to look for value. There could be value, but there's too many unknowns of what they're going to play. I know I, it sounds silly, but I know you say. Upwards of you know six six or higher or around there. I yeah I, I don't think so for the Bulldogs at the moment. But you know I'm not putting my money anywhere either. So what does that say? That, that says that you're, you're not keen on them at all. And speaking, you're not keen. There are a lot of people last year that were were surprised that the West Coast Eagles dropped off so uh, significantly. But Pez, you and I both said that they were going to finish bottom four, and they did. They were really disappointing. They had two wins last year, twenty losses. They finished seventeenth with a percentage of fifty nine point eight. And this is one of the most craziest uh, lines I think in this this whole thing. They had two wins last year. The over under for not much of a list change. They're in absolute limbo whether they're going to be rebuild. They've got a couple of players in their contracts that you know have one or two years left. You know, like Shannon Hearn and you know a couple of other players that retired in Kennedy. The over under has gone up to eight point five from two last year. A dollar eighty seven. This one baffles me, Pez. Yeah, <laughs> this is, this one is intriguing because of round one. I think with with North being the favourites because. If West Coast can can steal that, it's is it still going to be hard for them to get nine wins because the line is eight and a half. You mentioned Josh Kennedy who retired, who you know has been a staple for them up forward for for many many years. They've got rookies everywhere, draft picks, and Jaden Hunt uh, from Melbourne as a free agent. But the, the West Coast Eagles usually their advantage is is playing over there. But I don't think any club would would mind playing against them over there. Before I lock anything in, I've I've got it. Nearly their source. I just want to hear your little analysis of uh, of their fixture and and what you're locking in over there. I mean, their their fixture again. What you mentioned is is really pivotal. Is that previously West Coast they get eleven games there. It's an automatic win. But when you're sitting last and second last and you're down that bottom, when the teams are travelling over there, they're not pen- they're actually penciling in a win. So they're going to bring their A game. They're going to really prepare. And there's a lot more expectation on that that travelling team to put in their homework and, and compete. And there's no excuse now of, oh, well, they're a middle-of-the-range run team or they're a top-eight side. That's a penciled-in loss. That now, in everyone's fixture, is a penciled-in win. So I don't think you can rely on 11 wins just there. The, the teams that they play twice, they play Adelaide twice, Carlton twice, Essendon twice, Fremantle twice, North Melbourne twice, Richmond fo- twice. So very favourable. I've got you know Carlton, Fremantle and Richmond, those top-tier teams. Adelaide, realistically, is just on the cusp of being that, that middle six. And, you know, they, they, they probably will split Essendon. They probably split North Melbourne. So there's two wins. 
Where do the other where do the other seven wins come from? I am locking this in at the under pairs. Eight and a half is way too high from a team that is in the middle of a rebuild but haven't fully committed to the rebuild. So they're not getting you know, no high draft picks in. They've still got an aging list. If they all play, you know, Elliot Yo, if he gets some more um, time into the midfield and he's able to stay healthy, yeah, they may maybe squin what he's probably worth what two wins. So now we're up to six wins. They're still searching for another three wins. It's to me, this is a clear under. Yeah, I think the line should be somewhere around six and a half. Uh, so if you think it's going to be two wins less. That's a definite lock. So uh, we're both locked that one in. West Coast under eight and a half wins for season 2023 and uh, watch their future demise. Demise, I like that. Good word to sort of finish on. Well, that was the the, the second half of the season. Uh, did we end up locking in anything huge there, Pez? I think I locked in uh, Richmond as the over. I locked in West Coast as the under. I got really, really, really close in locking in the Bulldogs, and then how, I rambled a little bit. How boring uh, is that? Another podcast, and we've both locked in the two same bets, but that shows you that there is some value in in the futures there. We've, uh, I've got... So now I've got five bets. So Brisbane over 14 and a half wins this year with uh, sports bet was a dollar eighty. I don't know what it is now. Brisbane top four. We spoke about that before. We locked it. Well, I locked it in at two twenty five on sports bet. Essendon under ten and a half wins. I locked in last week at a dollar seventy six. Uh, and the Richmond uh, over thirteen and a half tonight. And West Coast under eight and a half. So I've locked in those five bets. Source, you've also got five bets. And if you don't have it up, I can go through it for you. you We've got love Bris- the assistance. <laughs> you've got Brisbane over fourteen and a half as well. Uh, Brisbane top four finish as well, so two twenty five on sports bet. You've gone GWS under eight and a half wins, so you really liked that last week at a dollar ninety one. You've also gone Richmond over thirteen and a half wins, and then West Coast as we just said, then under eight and a half. So we've both locked in uh, five bets, five units at stake already in the futures, and uh, that's there on our nice little uh, Google Doc spreadsheet. So if you go to at behind the bound on Twitter, uh, you can actually click on the the link on the website, which is on our profile, and it will actually take you to a little spreadsheet where it's got all our links and it's got all our bets so at the moment it'll take you to the afl futures but come round one it'll take you to round one and there'll be those little tabs there throughout the throughout the round we'll keep a track of absolutely anything and everything uh we that's what we do here at behind the boundary source five years of absolute winning and and beating the bookies and we want to continue to do that in 2023 yep to find it on our twitter page you just scroll down past our uh, last season's wins are you at 77.1 and me and 43.75 a total of uh, you know over a hundred percent uh sorry over a hundred units one you go past our 10k challenge which uh oh, i'm super ex- excited for that we're going to be doing exciting. that uh tell everyone what we're doing with the 10k challenge yeah the 10k challenge ladder challenge sorry the, the i didn't K- even give its proper name ten thousand dollar letter challenge Ooh. so we're going to attempt to win $10,000 from 10 just $10 uh, in 10 rounds. It'll probably take 11 rounds after round 1. So so 10 bets and we'll get from $10 up to 10,000. So if we win 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 like we we plan to, <laughs> then that 10,000 will be coming home. So if you want to follow along, uh, feel free to do that. And the other option is when you look at a, our ladder challenge, have a look at what you do like, add those legs in and then maybe you know, substitute some legs if you don't like them. But yeah, everyone gets to make their own choice and that's the best thing about punting. Yeah, make sure you follow along on all our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram. We're now on TikTok, as we mentioned earlier. So try and look past uh, Pez's funky little dance moves and find behind the boundary and you can see some of the clips of how we run the, the show, how we can look at, the you know, some of the bets there. And one of uh, one of the paintings, which is behind oh, yes. your head source, uh, got a little bit of love on uh, Twitter, said it looked like a... 
A tooth cavity. Yeah, that's how good our content is. The people are commenting about the, the paintings in the <laughs> background. So, um, yeah, well, that, that, hopefully that uh, pun uh, must have been when we was one of our leaves that they, that they were looking at. I don't at. even know what a tooth cavity looks like, but there you go. Oh, it looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> looks pretty, uh, pretty shit, doesn't it? it That'd it, be painful. It, it would be very painful. Make sure you jump on, uh, if you haven't already, to uh, uh, our podcast providers in Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever you listen to. Make sure you leave us a five-star review and uh, drop a comment in there. Talk about what you like about the show, what you need, what we need to improve. Maybe talk about uh, some of the bets that you'll have. Uh, but that's how you can find, let other AFL punters find us. And uh, make sure you join our loser comp too, Pez. Yep, loser comps there, links there, all there, at Behind the Bound, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Just one more week, very, very exciting. I've been Pez, peace out. I'm still Sauce, we'll catch up next time for round one. Let's go.